the book of Hebrews, if you'll stick your finger in the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, and then go to the book of Acts. A peculiar relation between these two verses of scriptures, I hadn't even thought considered the book of Acts in our study for this message until I was on the way. As a matter of fact, I think I was on the church parking lot when the Lord spoke to me. The book of Acts, the 27th chapter, the book of Acts, the 27th chapter, and verse 43, and the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. Hebrews 4 and 12, and the book of Acts chapter number 27, verse 43. If you found both of those, if you'll stand to your feet and say amen. Reading beginning in the book of Acts, the 27th chapter, and verse 43. The context of this scripture, the Apostle Paul is on the ship bound for Rome. They have been... In the storm for about 14 days, 14 nights, they saw neither the sun nor the stars. And they were in a rough way. In verse number 43, the Bible says, But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose. They were going to kill all the prisoners and commanded that they should, that they, which could swim, should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. Look at this next verse. And the rest, some on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. The book of Hebrews the fourth chapter in verse 12, if you found that, say amen. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened in unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You may be seated. 
Our Father, good God in heaven, Lord, as we humbly bow in thy presence this hour. Father, we need you more than we've ever needed you before. God, you know our mind is a mess. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you'd cleanse my mind and empty me of self. And Father, that you'd give us grace and mercy in our time of need. I pray tonight, God, you'd save the sinner, reclaim the backslider, and encourage the child of God. Lord, I pray tonight, dear God, that you'd be a help tonight, dear God, in this house. Lord, and though, for those that are listening by Facebook or Sermon Audio or by FM Transmitter, Lord, I pray tonight, God, that you'd meet each and every one of us right where we are. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. We love you and thank you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, and God, we ask it all. And together the church says... Amen and amen. In the book of Acts, in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts, we read in your hearing as we explained the context, and we read in your hearing in the last verse of that scripture that those that could swim should be allowed to swim, and some uh, cast themselves into the sea. Some, uh, and the Bible says in verse 44, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship and so it came to pass that they escaped all I love those three letter words all safe to land. Preacher what does that have to do with anything? If I can tonight I'd like to preach a message out of uh, Hebrews 4 and 14 through 16 but I'll take for our text verse out of verse 14 and I'd like to preach around this thought reasons to hold on. Do you realize, Mommy and Daddy, that your children ought to be reason enough for you to hold on? I mean, you, your children ought to be reasons enough for you to be faithful unto the house of God. Amen. Mommy and Daddy, your children ought to be faithful or ought to be faithful to the house of God and uh, they ought to see you being faithful to the house of God and Mommy and Daddy, your children ought to be able to say mommy and daddy was going through a rough patch, but they held on. Mommy and daddy was going through a storm, but they held on. In verse number 14, the Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. I'm solely disappointed in my Christian life of the amount of people that I have seen come to an altar and make a confession but didn't hold on. I'm saddened by the amount of people that I've seen through revivals here at Union Valley that have come to an altar but didn't hold on. I'm saddened by people that went to church here when I came yet didn't hold on. I'm saddened tonight by people in our communities that used to be faithful but didn't hold on. I'm saddened tonight by those in our own families that didn't hold on. Y'all look at me any way you want to, but I'm just going to rear back and preach what God's laid on my heart tonight. And the best thing I can ask you to do is to pray for me because I'm going to be hoeing 
in some gardens that need to be hoed in. The Bible teaches that we are tonight not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the like manner of some have, but so much more as we see the day approaching. The Bible teaches that uh, search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that testify of me. What's happened to our youth group that didn't hold on? What's happened to our pillars in our churches that didn't hold on? Preacher, I'm going through a dry patch. I am too. But you got to hold on. Preacher, I'm going through a bout of depression. you got to hold on. Preacher, I'm in sinking sand. You've got to hold on. I want you to look with me tonight, if you would, in uh, verse number 14. The Bible says, Sing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. How many of you know tonight that Jesus had a connection to mankind? The Bible teaches tonight that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what, tonight, it'd be real easy tonight for uh, John the Apostle, the beloved, the, the Apostle that didn't even feel that he was worthy to mention his own name in the book that bears his title, the Apostle or the Gospel according to St. John, but he called himself the, the one that the Lord loveth. Can I tell you tonight that he went through a rough patch when he looked up uh, and he saw Jesus hanging on the cross. Uh, and Jesus said uh, unto Mary, he said, uh, Woman, uh, uh, thy son. Uh, then he told John, the Bible, John the Apostle, uh, he said, Thy mother. Uh, you know what he did? Uh, he had to hold on. Uh, can I tell you tonight, uh, honey, whenever that things get rough, uh, honey, we need to hold on. Uh, can I tell you tonight, uh, honey, that if you watch the news much, uh, you know what's going on with Russia. You know what we ought to do? We ought to hold on. Uh, you watch tonight what's going on in China. What the church has got to do uh, is we've got to hold on. Uh, honey, we're living in a country uh, honey, where we're seeing same-sex marriage, uh, where we're seeing uh, amen, uh, where we're seeing men and women get married, uh, divorce, uh, and casting them away uh, uh, just like it's water uh, and acting like it's nobody's fault. Uh, listen tonight. Uh, our children tonight need to know uh, that when it gets hard, uh, we've got to hold on. Uh, honey, we've got to get a hold of the horns of the altar uh, and hold on. Uh, refuse to move. Uh, stay there steadfast uh, and unmovable. Uh, always abounding uh, in the work of the Lord. Uh, when your friends uh, and your family would forsake you, uh, neighbor, we've got to hold on. It's real easy tonight just to... Uh, Lean back in the easy chair and say, let somebody else go to church. Neighbor, you got to hold on. <laughs> say, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through with. You're right, I don't, but it's time to hold on. When people get mad at you over disagreements and discouragements and disputes, neighbor, it's not time to give up. It's time to hold on. <laughs> I mean, listen, 
Jesus said, as Pastor read this morning in Matthew 16 and 18, I believe, he said, Thou art Simon Barjona, and upon this rock shall I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You know what that is? That's even better than money in the bank. That means the devil can't knock down the church. Oh, yeah. We might go through some rough patches. 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 But it ain't time to quit. It ain't time to throw in the towel. We might go through some low numbers. We might go through some dry times. It ain't time to quit. We've got to hold on today. You realize tonight that Jesus is worthy of our praise. If he never give you another blessing, he died to save you from hell. And he's still worthy of our praise and glory. We've got to hold on. You say, Pastor, are you going to tell us that we need to go out here and we need to do this great work and we need to go out here and we need to uh, do this or we need to uh, start this program? No, I'm not going to tell you you need to go out here and start this program. Honey, I'm just simply telling you, you've got to hold on. I mean, do you realize that we live in such a society uh, that if somebody doesn't like something, they just quit? And they even get a trophy for it. And by the way, just so you'll know where I'm standing, I don't believe in trophies for participation. Well, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm just telling you tonight. Men and women, boys and girls, have got to get some grit. we got to get some backbone. Neighbor, God never promised us a bed of roses. You understand tonight? He never promised us we wasn't going to go through some things in this life. But neighbor, we've got to hold on because He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our faithfulness. God has been good to you, and God has been good to me, and we've got to hold on tonight. I want you to look with me tonight. I'm going to try to slow down a little bit. I want you to look with me tonight in Hebrews 2 and 16. The Bible says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, and but he took on him the seed of Abraham. You know what he did? He took on himself the form of a man. Thank God tonight. Why, preacher, would you say thank God? Because he was tempted as we are, yet with without sin. I want you to know tonight, whenever you've seen Jesus, honey, the Bible said that, honey, listen, the Bible teaches tonight that His appearance there as He was upon the cross, honey, that men and women would not desire Him, honey, because He'd been beaten. You know why He was beaten? For my sin and for your sin. You know why they took the cat and iron tail to Him? For your sin and for my sin. You know why they plucked the hair out of his beard for your sin and for my sin. You know why they ridiculed him and they mocked him and he said if thou be the king then come down from the cross because of your sin and because of my sin. Oh now
neighbor, I want you to know tonight, because of what Jesus endured for you and for me, he's worthy of us holding on and saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I'm going to hold on and trust that you're going to get me through. I mean, understand tonight, it'd be real easy for us to just to throw in the towel, turn off the lights, shut the door, and say, well, church is not relevant in 2021. But that is a, a lie straight out of hell. Amen. Church is relevant in 2021. Bringing your children to the house of God is relevant in 2021. It is relevant for a man and a woman to get married. Hey, man, in 2021. I mean, we're living in a day and a time where people think they can shock up and live together and still go to heaven. Hey, I told you I was a hoeing tonight. You understand tonight. Men and women think, well, I can drink and do this, smoke a little hit, a little doobie every now and again and go to heaven. Uh, neighbor, it's time tonight uh, to let the world go uh, and to hold on to Jesus. You say, preacher, what happened to you? Nothing happened to me. And you understand I'm not mad at nobody but the devil. Amen. I'm mad at that false doctrine. Yeah that says you can repent on Sunday and live any way you want to Monday through Saturday. That ain't the Bible. Amen. I'm mad, honey, at the devil's minions. That's what I'll call them tonight, the little minions. Honey, that goes around spreading lies and falsities upon God's people. Amen. Out there on Facebook, smear book. Amen. That's right. That's what I called it. Let him put me in Facebook jail. That's all right. Neighbor, you understand tonight? Then people are not for God. Then people are not for the church. Amen. You understand tonight? Whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's Instagram, none of them social media platforms are for edifying the Lord and elevating the gospel of Christ. They'll allow you to use their their software as long as you don't offend them. Neighbor, I'm going to clear me off with thought uh, and say that if you edify sin uh, it is straight out of hell uh, it's time for the church uh, to clear them off a spot uh, and say I'm going to hold on I mean it's real easy just to get caught up real easy just to kind of drink the Kool-Aid if you will <laughs> amen it's real easy just to kind of listen to the brainwashing yeah. What brainwashing? That brainwashing that says everybody gets to go to heaven if you do good deeds. That's not Bible. <laughs> the Bible teaches tonight, verily, verily, I say unto thee that you must be born again. That's the only way you'll go to heaven, neighbor. 
Young man, that's the only way you'll go to heaven. Young woman, that's the only way you'll go to heaven is by dying out to this world, coming alive in Jesus Christ. Amen. And being born again. What's that mean, preacher? That means tonight that you've asked God to forgive you of your sins. Thank God that He has washed you. Revelation 1 5. That He has washed you from your sins in His own blood. Amen. He has, thank God, dipped honey the scarlet pen in His blood and wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. The devil didn't put it there and the devil cannot take it away. No matter, amen, no matter what the devil says, no matter what your neighbors say, thank God tonight, God put my name in the Lamb's book of life and the newspaper ain't going to take it out. You understand tonight? Thomas preached a message a few months ago called the butterfly effect and the principle of that message was that if a butterfly in Japan flaps his wings then it'll cause a storm here in the United States of America will you say preacher what are you saying I'm just simply saying tonight that you cause more problems by not standing on the word of God than you will for standing on the word of God let me just tell you tonight the Word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. It's piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the morrow, or the joint and the morrow. And it is a discerner. Amen, amen, amen. It is a discerner, catch this statement, of the heart. That means if I'm thinking it, you understand tonight, just because you're thinking something does not mean you need to say it. Amen. Some things are better kept to yourself. Well, preacher, what are you saying? I'm just simply saying tonight, the world is absolutely in a bad position. The world is in a mess, but the church is still alive. The church, thank God, is still, thank God, the greatest gift that God ever gave mankind. Do you understand tonight? You're not getting to heaven without being part of the church. I'm not talking about Union Valley Church. <laughs> I'm talking about the church. See, the church was not birthed. Listen to me closely when I make this statement. Pastor John did a wonderful job this morning. The church, and I'm not contradicting what Pastor John preached, but the church was not birthed 
at Pentecost. The church was birthed at Calvary. The church was empowered at Pentecost. Yeah! Well, what are you saying tonight, preacher? Do you remember in Acts 1-8 when Jesus said, You shall receive power, amen, when the Holy Ghost shall come upon you? Remember that scripture? You know what? You and I have the ability tonight. We have all power that we will ever need to get through this world. Do you understand tonight? We do not need Dr. Phil's opinion. Amen. We do not need to know how what Dr. Spock thinks we ought to do about it. We do not need to hear from Oprah Winfrey that there are many ways to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You understand tonight, Jesus said, I am the door of the sheepfold. And if any man climb in any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Neighbor, you understand what the church ought to do? We ought to just keep on marching. Neighbor, I want you to know tonight, we are the soldiers in the infantry of God. And God did not call us for us to sit down on our behinds and just to let go. If you're going through something, hold on and let God fight your battle. Look with me as we try to hurry. We see tonight not only not only did he have a connection with mankind, but he also is able to show us how to handle temptations. First Corinthians, thank God, chapter 10 and verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful through that temptation to make a way of escape. Do you understand tonight that temptations are going to come? I didn't come with this, but bless God, I'm just going to sprout it out tonight. You understand tonight that never in the history of mankind has young men and young women had such an opportunity to learn about sex outside of marriage. All they got to do is Google it. Now Google's going to block the church. Amen. I said Google's name in vain. All you got to do is speak to Siri. Amen. All you got to do is look it up on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Well, preacher, what are you saying tonight? I'm telling you, Mommy. I'm telling you, Daddy. It's time to hold on. When your children's going through a storm, you don't have any idea what your children are going through. And let me just say this. I am 48 years old. Thank you, Lord, for that. I done forgot how old I was. I am 48 years old, and the young people in this generation, in our high schools, our middle schools, and elementary schools, are already being introduced to things before they graduate that I never faced until after I graduated. You understand tonight that the teenagers today, and we've got some here in the church tonight, they're so much more mature than we were when we were younger because this generation are facing so many new temptations. Mommy and Daddy, it's almost impossible to shield your young person. Honey, but I want you to know what you can do. You can hold on to Jesus and let Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, 
Let Jesus take care of them. Sister Vonda Thaxton requested prayer for Cody and Corey so many times, so many years, right here in this church. And she said, Preacher, I couldn't sleep at night with them out running around except knowing this, that God is in control. Can I tell you tonight, what is going to happen is going to happen, but you better be sure tonight we're going to stand account with whether or not we let go or whether or not we held on. You know, the Bible teaches that a man that would take hold of the plow and to look back is not what? Not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You know why? Because they turn loose of the plow. They say, church, they say, preacher, they got, I'm going to go over here to this church. They don't have a King James Bible, and they read out of that NIV, and it's easier to understand. And the preacher gets up, and he doesn't have a tie. He doesn't have a, a, a suit on. He's got a polo, and he's got a pair of shorts. And he comes out. He doesn't have a pulpit. He sits on a bar stool. Amen. And he gives the message in such a monotone voice. Well, let me just simply say this. If that's what you want, that's not what I've got. I don't know any other way, honey, than to preach the way that I'm preaching now. And I want you to know tonight, if you get dissatisfied with the preaching, maybe you ought to just hold on to Jesus and let Jesus lead you and guide you and direct you. Well, preacher, why are you telling us this? Because there are other things out there that are drawing our young people and that are not in the will of God. By the way, did I tell you, I love you. I hope the honey helps that. Amen. You understand tonight. I want my son and my daughter to know that dad didn't give up. You understand? I want them to know I held on. I want them to know I planted my feet. I grabbed a hold of the plow. And I said, gee, and haul, and neighbor, we plowed on. I want you to know tonight, honey, that when I'm gray, well, I'm already halfway there. When my hair's coming out, and I'm old, and I'm crippled, and I'm laying in a bed, I want my son and my daughter to look over at my dying body and say, Daddy, thank you for holding on. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for not quitting. And thank you for not giving up. You understand tonight, the world's full of quitters. The world's full of people who says, I can't do it anymore. But Jesus spoke through Paul in the book of Philippians out of his prison book, chapter 4. And Paul pinned down these words that the Holy Ghost of God gave him. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You understand, I can't make it on my own. And let's just be honest. 
you can't either. I, Robert Eugene Legg Jr., being of sound mind, cannot live a Christian life. But there is one in me. Yeah, greater is he that is in me, amen, than me that is in the world. Now, I twisted it a little bit. Let me tell you what he said. Greater is he that is in you, and you, and you, and you. Greater is he that is in you than you that are in the world. You understand tonight, I cannot be the father to my children that I need to be, but he can help me to be. I cannot be the husband to my wife that I ought to be, but if I hold on, he'll help me to be. I cannot be a man. I cannot be the person that I ought to be. But if I hold on and I'm living according to the Word of God, He can help me to be what He wants me to be. It's easy, church, to let go. It's easy to say, well, I just don't feel like going to church tonight. It's easy to say, well, I went last week. Amen. I went last month. You understand tonight, God deserves our very best. Say, preacher, I wish you'd get in somebody else's garden. Now listen. Look with me tonight in Hebrews 4 and 16. I'm almost done. I'm going to try to circle the airplane. I'll put that... Landing gear down. He said, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. Let's just stop right there for just a minute. What's that mean, preacher? Let us therefore come boldly. Well, do you remember in Hebrews 4 and 13 that I read in your hearing? He said, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Preacher, what's that mean? That means whatever you're struggling with, he already knows about it. Whatever battle you're in, he already knows about it. Well, preacher, why are you telling me this? Whatever temptation you're faced with, he already knows about it. Preacher, why are you telling us this? Look, look, look in that last verse. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. You know, my mommy and daddy are watching tonight. And there was a lot of things that I hid from them. Yeah. You know why I hid them? Because I was ashamed of it. Amen, neighbor. You know why we try to cover up our sin? Because we're ashamed of it. You know why we try to cover up whenever we fall to a temptation? Let's be honest. We're all human beings. We're going to fall. But that don't mean we've got to stay down. When you stumble, don't let go of the walking stick. Hold on. Amen. When you trip, don't let go of the walker. Amen. Hold on. Preacher, why are you telling us this? 
Because when we are going through a battle, uh, Brother Ben and I were talking this morning. Uh, Brother Ben, I hope it's all right if I tell what you told this morning. Uh, Brother Ben, he'd already told it pretty much to everybody that was back here in the back. Uh, Brother Ben was talking about a battle that he was going through, and he kind of withdrew himself a little bit. Is that right, Brother Ben? You know what? I've been there. Why is it, and I'm just going to confess on myself, not on Brother Ben, okay? Why is it we run from the only help that we have in this world? He said, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. Is that not what Jesus said? So if we believe that God is able to help us, then why would we run from His dear, darling Son whenever He is our shepherd? See, the Bible teaches tonight, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Remember that scripture? And we confess as we find in John 10, we confess as the word of God wherever Jesus spoke and he said that he was the good shepherd. According to 1 Peter, I believe it is, uh, he, he called Jesus the chief shepherd. Well, if Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep, then why is it when we encounter temptation or when we encounter trouble or when we encounter problems, why is it we run from the shepherd. I've got the answer because we're ashamed. Yeah. See, the Bible teaches that my pride, yeah, is my enemy. And my pride will keep me from admitting that I have a problem. An alcoholic does not admit they're an alcoholic and they claim that they have it under control. A drug addict does not admit that they are a drug addict because they believe that they have it under control. <laughs> you know why tonight that when we fall to temptation, we don't want anybody to know because we're ashamed of it. You know why we're ashamed of it? Because of our pride. I struggle with pride. Paul spoke uh, there according to the Word of God. Paul said, I believe it was in 1 Corinthians, I might be wrong, I stand to be corrected by uh, one of you tonight. Paul wrote and he said, if any man trusts the flesh, the flesh I more. Well, I've got, I'd like to argue with Paul. I feel like I trust my flesh even more than Paul. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying tonight that I put a lot of confidence in what I can do. Now, maybe y'all don't have those prideful problems. Shame on you. I struggle surrendering myself unto God's will. I struggle when I have fallen to a temptation. I pray in general terms. But didn't the Bible says confess your faults? I believe God is a God of specificities. I believe God is in the details. Yeah. No matter what temptation you face, no matter what storm you're going through, get specific 
with God. That we may, look in that last verse, that we may come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. Is that what that says? Why would we need mercy? Because we, our heart is desperately wicked. I'm still in the book. You say, preacher, when you got saved, God took out that old heart. I know He did. But there is a battle inside. The old man and the new man. When the Spirit of God is willing, the flesh, the old man, is weak. Now, let's just be honest tonight. Please do not raise your hand with this next question. How many of you this day, whether it was this morning or this night, God gave you a testimony, wanted you to stand and testify, wanted you to stand and sing, and you did not do it? You know what that is? That's disobedience. And many times, disobedience is driven by pride. You know what the Word of God teaches us? That we need to hold on. To our profession. Well, preacher, I'm holding on to my profession, but I've kind of marred my profession a little bit. I've kind of marred my testimony a little bit. What do you think that I ought to do about it? Act like that it did happen. See, we've, we've made a... We, we've got it down to an art. Acting like there's no sin within. We've got it down to an art. Acting like we're just... Good little people. We've got it down to an art because we don't want nobody to know about it. Let's be honest. God already knows about it. And He's the only one that matters. You say, preacher, do I need to confess my sin to you? I'm not a priest in a Catholic church. Amen. There is but one Holy Father, and He's in heaven. Uh-oh. Understand tonight, you do not have to stand and confess your faults to me, to the church Amen. But we do need to come clean with Him. 